Hello, everyone. This is Reverend Dr. Paul Gibson with today's Healthy Marriage, Healthy Family podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to put together a family genogram. We talked a little bit yesterday about a family genogram is basically uh, an emotional health history of your family, kind of like a family tree, uh, but instead of a medical family tree, which is what a medical doctor will do uh, when you first go to them for treatment, uh, this is an emotional health family tree. We talked a little bit about yesterday uh, in regards to understanding the importance of a genogram, the power of a genogram. Today, we're going to talk about how to put a genogram together. The first thing that I encourage you to do when you're putting together a family genogram is identify or show the key relationships uh, in your family. And what you want to do is you want to go back three generations. So start with you and your spouse and then go up to your mom and dad and then go one more level up uh, to your mom and dad's uh, separate set of parents. Uh, So look at your own family, uh, your own mom and dad, and then look at um, their families. When you look at your family, not only look at your mom and dad, look at uh, your siblings. uh, And also when you're looking at your mom and dad, look at their siblings. Uh, So you want to first, when you put together a genogram, look at uh, significant relationships going back at least three generations, starting with your current marriage. The second thing that you need to do um, is label the significant relationships in each relationship. Now, I know that kind of sounds redundant, but um, you're going to label whether or not the people in your genogram are married or have been married. You're going to label whether or not they are or have been living together. You're going to label whether or not uh, they're together or separated, um, whether they are still married or divorced, or maybe you have some people in your family uh, emotional tree that have been divorced but then they remarried. So first thing you want to do is you want to list out significant relationships and then you want to label those significant relationships in regards to whether or not they're married, living together, separated, divorced, uh, or maybe divorced and remarried. The third thing you want to do is you want to label um, the significant emotional relationships or another way another way to say that we talked a little bit about this yesterday is to label each relationship from an emotional standpoint now it's hard for me to tell you how to do this uh, over a podcast so i encourage you to go to emotionallyhealthy.org again emotionallyhealthy.org that is a great uh, website um, that is hosted by Peter Cazero and his work with the Emotionally Healthy Church and Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. If you go to EmotionallyHealthy.org, uh, you will find a sample genogram, and you will also find a key to use in regards to labeling the significant emotional relationships within a genogram. Also, there's a book out there called Genograms, Assessment and Intervention. Uh, there you'll be able to find a more in-depth key There's a little bit that, that actually is a whole lot more in-depth uh, than EmotionallyHealthy.org. Uh, but you can also Google Uh, genogram key and see um, if a proper key pops up. And what I would do is I would compare what you find on Google with what you find in EmotionallyHealthy.org and what you find um, with the book Genograms Assessment and Intervention. The fourth thing you need to do after you label the relationships or after you identify the relationships and then label the relationships and then um, identify the emotional connections within uh, the relationships is take a step back And look at the key themes in your emotional family history. So, for instance, um, one of the things that I would encourage you to list out uh, is uh, not just emotional 
uh, traits in your emotional family history, but also list out vocational traits or educational traits. So, for instance, um, it's very important to me that both of my parents were the first ones in their families to graduate with college master's degrees. Matter of fact, uh, both of my parents not only graduated with a master's, uh, but they were also um, the first ones in their families to go to college. Now, uh, I, I put together Healthy Marriage, Healthy Family because I have a passion for marriage, but also I just have a general passion for learning. And I think that that has been passed on to me uh, by my parents. Why am I saying this? Because my father was an educator. My mom was an educator. I'm not a teacher by trade necessarily, uh, but I am a teacher if that makes sense. And that is a key theme that has been passed down to me. And I, if I step back and look at my family tree, my family genogram, I'm able to notice that. Another key theme in my own genogram is the fact that I am a fourth generation pastor. Uh, two of my great grandfathers were pastors. My grandfather was a pastor. My dad wasn't a pastor, but my uncle was. And then here I am. So those are just some key themes that exist in my family genogram uh, that I list whenever I do uh, my own genogram. Uh, but look for key themes. Like, for instance, let's say that you have a, a grandmother that was a nurse and you have a father that was a nurse and you feel attracted to being a nurse, well, then uh, those are key themes to list out. Uh, you can also list out, let's say, for instance, that uh, you have a uh, grandparent that struggles with anxiety, and then you have a mom that struggles with anxiety, and you struggle with anxiety. Again, those are key themes to point out. Or maybe you have um, a step-grandparent that was a, a wonderful uh, musician, and that was passed on to uh, your mom or your dad, and now you... I can play an instrument really well. Again, you're just looking for not just emotional uh, relationships or defining the emotional relationships. You're also looking for key themes or patterns, uh, whether they be vocational, behavioral, or educational, that's passed down um, through generations. Next, look for key events um, that could be noted in your genogram but are um, otherwise not noted in your genogram. So, for instance, Divorces are listed in a genogram. Deaths are listed in a genogram. Um, but one of the things I would encourage you to think through as you're doing a family genogram is look for or think through any major disappointments in your family's history. Look for high moments. Look for setbacks. Look for achievements. Um, and, and put those on your genogram uh, sheet. So, for instance, when I was uh, four and a half years old, I had a terrible bicycle accident um, that really, um, from what I understand at the time, I didn't put my life in danger, but it was a serious accident. And secondly, um, it caused some of my face to be scarred. Well, that's significant because that was a major trauma to me as a four-and-a-half-year-old. And whenever I do a genogram, I put that down. And there's a very poignant story that goes along with that that um, at some point during the Healthy Marriage, Healthy Family podcast, I will come back and tell you the importance of why I list that bicycle accident, not just because of the physical trauma, but actually something pretty cool that happened um, while I was being taken care of. So that bicycle accident is important for me. Um, and, and again, I list high moments and setbacks and achievements um, in regards to what key events need to go on your genogram. Another uh, important thing for me that I list on my genogram um, is the birth or the births of my two children. Um, very powerful moments uh, for me uh, as a dad and for us as a couple. Another thing that I put down is the death of my grandfather, who was very influential on me. So again, those are some key events that I put on my own genogram. Look for key events uh, in your genogram uh, as well. Lastly, I'll say this. Um, 
identify any abnormal living situations. So what I mean by that is normally in a nuclear family, a son or a daughter will live with a mom or dad. Well, in some of our families, that's not the case. Instead of living with a mom or dad, we live with a grandparent or we live with a uh, grandmother, grandfather, an aunt or an uncle. Uh, If that uh, is part of your story, and it may not even be your story, let's say your dad lived lived with his grandparents or with his aunt or uncle or your uh, mom lived with her grandparents or her aunt and uncle, make sure you um, identify that in your genogram. Lastly, um, once you complete your genogram, take a step back and reflect on the big family picture. And ask yourself, what do you see? Again, the sole purpose of doing the genogram is for you to understand your family so that you'll have a greater understanding of how your marriage will shape up. Now, tomorrow on the Healthy Marriage, Healthy Family podcast, we're going to look at what do you do with the sin that's in your family? What do you do with the unhealth that's in your family? What do you do with the brokenness that's in your family? And then the same question can be asked, what do you do with the really good things in your family, the beautiful uh, characteristics of your family, the holy characteristics of your family? And we're going to talk about that tomorrow on the Healthy Marriage, Healthy Family podcast. But again, today, I encourage you to go back, take your time, listen to this podcast, listen to yesterday's podcast in regards to how you put a genogram together. Use EmotionallyHealthy.org. I suggest you Google genograms uh, using Google. Uh, Again, just make sure that what you find comes from a reputable source. Uh, And again, if you have any questions, you can always email me at revdrpaulgibson at gmail.com, R-E-V-D-R-P-A-U-L-G-I-B-S-O-N at gmail.com. This is a Healthy Marriage, Healthy Family podcast. We'll see you back here tomorrow.